your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. <laughs> All right, welcome to a Thursday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom in studio with me today. He's hanging out this hour. What do we call you now? Besides a longtime Central High School Spanish teacher and our our budget aficionado, maybe Wisconsin sure. State budget aficionado. Um, sure. Guy who and, reads a lot. Guy who reads a lot, yeah. G-W-R-A. G-W-R-A. Because <laughs> you, you send me some of the stuff with the budget. Yeah. Like I'm reading, I'm reading. And then there's all these acronyms. Yes. And when the thing is 160 pages long, yeah. they, they define the acronym somewhere 50 pages ago. <laughs> so I'm I'm just Googling what is G-R-A, you know, and just stuff like yep. that. And then, and then a lot of times I get the meaning of the acronym and I'm like, I don't know what that means either. So now I'm reading what that means so that when I'm reading the budget, then I understand what this acronym means so that what I what it means to the sentence that I'm reading, it's and then it's a rabbit hole. And that's the budget in brief. Yep, that's supposed to yep. be the one that you're supposed to be able to kind of understand a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the 160 page thing. Um, so some of the things we want to talk about today. First, there in, in relation to the budget, there was a rally at the state capitol on Saturday that you were at and a bunch yep. of probably a bunch of Oh, yeah, there were probably, yeah, um, I think lacrosse we sent maybe seven to ten. We act folks, there were probably five or six hundred there. And then other people that came in, you know, they have those um, farmer's market stuff. And so there were a lot of people that came up, like I was working a table, and I must have had 75 or 100 people come up who were not we act folks because they were like, so what's going on with this? And, oh, what are you asking? And And, And a lot of those people then took action. Because um, we had a little, like an advocacy station set up so that they could email their legislator based on whatever their zip code was. Well, that's interesting because my next question was, okay, protest rallies sometimes fall on deaf ears in my head. Sometimes, yeah. Because the legislature could just ignore you. Like the legislature ignores county referendums, stuff yeah. like that. Legislature ignores anything that you see polling on that is like, <laughs> hey, everybody in the state like a very vast majority of the state wants the yeah. thing. And then the legislature just like, we can't even talk about it. Yeah. Um, so my, my, yeah, that was my question. You kind of answered it for me is like, do you feel like this legislature even cares? Cause I, I, I would think if you're, if there's a farmer's market going on at the same time, you're having a rally about yeah. education and the budget, the, the legislature would be like, well, it's just a very popular farmer's market. <laughs> the, you know, beginning of, I don't know why I'm doing Mitch McConnell right here, but a little bit, uh, um, but but that's interesting. So it's not even so much about getting the attention of the legislature. It's probably good that there was a farmer's market yeah, there. Yeah. And then people, and obviously in Madison, people are probably, you know. I mean, it was right on the State Street um, entrance to the building. So, you know, there's so much foot traffic right there. And the, you know, technically the farmer's market ended before we started the rally. Yeah. But we were setting up and stuff. And people were asking. And we're all wearing, you know, fund our public schools types of things. And, um, and it was funny how many people that were not members or I mean, I don't think they were educators um, came up and said, Oh, I, you know, can I make a sign? Absolutely. Um, can I take one of these with me? Absolutely. And so they wanted to participate a little bit and they wanted to take this back home. And so then we had those things set up where they could email their legislature legislator. Um, I believe we did some pass through calling. Um, they can get on our like mailing list and Twitter feed and things of that nature. So they can kind of follow it. Uh, I think it just kind of shows that education is such a – it should be <laughs> such a nonpartisan issue. You know, not a single person said, are you a Democrat or a Republican? And we didn't ask anybody, right? Yeah. If you have an interest in education, then we would love to have you on our side. Do you feel 
I don't know, this might be more nationally, but I don't know if it trickles down into, I, I don't feel like it happens a lot here, but do you feel like teachers, it, it's weird because I feel like nationally teachers get attacked from the talk, the bigger talking heads mm-hmm. with the word that I'll just throw out the word, the indoctrination word. <laughs> and it's just so infuriating because you, you, they, they can, they can throw that word where, you know, it's about parents' rights and not indoctrinating our kids. We got to get these kids out of these schools where the teachers are indoctrinating them. And then it's like, well, go talk to a teacher one yeah. time because, I mean, teachers are you and, you know, yeah. just like everyday people. I don't know why we've gotten to this point where one political party feels like they're, they need to attack teachers. Like, what? Are we, yeah. what? I, I don't know. Do you feel like uh, do you f- I, when you hear stuff like that, I, I, I don't know. What, what's your reaction? Um, you know, so it, it's interesting because the, the, the vast majority of the people saying that are simply the loudest people. You know, when they do polling nationally, uh, the two most trusted professions, and coincidentally or not, are dominated by women, nursing and teaching. Mm-hmm. Those are the two most trusted professions. And when they do deeper polling on teachers, education, and then your kid's school, it, it rises. Like, everybody likes or most people like their kid's school. Right. You know, oh, my kid's school is pretty good. My kid's teacher is pretty good. And so the the level of confidence that people have in their child's teacher goes up when we talk specifics. And so I think that's more people trying to drive a narrative than the actual narrative. And so I don't really hear that. And, you know, people in the cross are incredibly supportive, as you see when we, you know, we just passed a referendum. And the general public in the state is also incredibly supportive. It's just that the legislators, like you were saying, um, they're not in a position where they have to listen to us. Well, we Hopefully that'll have- change the top guy in the Republican party, not Donald Trump, but Ron DeSantis saying this, yeah. even throwing this indoctrination. Uh, you yeah. know, and then it's when it's the president or a presidential nominee, yeah. you know, one of the top two yeah. saying this stuff. I mean, that's just infuriating. Yeah. And then, you know, there are some people that complain about the official when they lose by 20 and it was the official's fault. Well, it kind of was. It's kind of, yeah. You called that one I think it's kind of a, a, a similar vein. And so, you know, you, people, so are you saying you just kind of eh, have you have we been there, done that? I mean, you've been in education for hundred years, decades, right? Yes. Um, but this seems new, but I don't but I don't have the experience to I don't know if you you've been yeah, paying it, attention politically for this whole time. Or it not. really started back around 2010 when you had the Tea Party group come up nationally and then you had um, certain politicians here in the state um, that came into came into power and there was an easy kind of nebulous boogeyman to point at and so they did and that allowed them to accomplish some of the things they wanted to accomplish Wait, who's the book are you the boogeyman who's I'm the not. boogeyman uh boogeyman that was in position of uh former governor of wisconsin oh that's wait i guess that i'm not understanding you're talking about act 10 stuff yeah but the boogeyman is you so we have to pass. Act well, 10. they 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 pointed at me like I was some bad guy. Yeah. Um, and the general people knew that that wasn't true, but that gave them cover to do the legislative things that they wanted to do. Yeah. But so there was no. Recall, we we recalled some people for that. Yeah. I think yeah, Dan Panky here, right? Yeah. Um, but we didn't recall the governor. That might yeah. just be a money money thing or an incumbency thing too. Yeah, I mean, you know, so it is what it is. When people talk about indoctrination, you know, if you, if you want to come to my classroom, you're welcome to, to fill out the forms and be a visitor in my classroom. You'll see that I indoctrinate my kids on things like fair play. 
Do the best you can. Keep trying. Help another kid. Going to your class wouldn't be very helpful for somebody because nobody would <laughs> understand speak Spanish, what. <laughs> right. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back with John Havlicek in a minute. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. In studio with me today is Central High School Spanish teacher and our state budget aficionado, John Havlicek. I should say, like, our Evers state budget aficionado. I, I mean, but yeah. you're probably paying attention to what a lot of the stuff that was already cut out of the budget. Yeah, uh, I haven't compared. done a, a lot on what's already been cut just because um, it may get put back in, right? It, yeah. It's it's a what are they, you know, sausage, sausage factory, right, until you don't know for sure what's going to come out when they're done with it. The legislators love using it's it, we're in the sausage making process. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. And I, all I do is think about Kramer and Newman making sausages. Yeah. Yeah. And they're singing. It's called Mambo, Mambo something, that song. I bought the CD one time. For anyone out there, a CD is what you used to put into a sort of a in your car dashboard. If you're listening in, no, I'm just kidding. Um, six. Awesome. So, um, all right. So when it comes, okay, back to the rally, you were talking, Brad Williams comes in during the break and we're talking about the rally a little bit, but pretty big. Did you feel yeah. like, uh, cause you were pretty, you were pretty psyched up for this before. Yeah, I really was. You know, I mean, I think, you know, we got maybe 500 members there, um, which like, you know, compared to the women's March in DC is, is not big. Right. But um, we got 500 people. We had maybe, you know, a few hundred more. When you say members, you say in, what do you, you, uh, you we act members, we act members. And then, you know, there's a few hundred more maybe that just kind of, that just came because, because they heard about it. Um, I saw some folks wearing like SEIU and AFSCME, uh and different, you know, different union apparel labor um, because we are a labor partner. Right. And everything that affects us affects them. And likewise, uh, and then just a lot of walk-up traffic. Okay, here's a very big – why were you there? <laughs> well, so we're trying to get the legislators to listen, right? And and it's hard. Um, you know, the first and foremost, they listen at the ballot box. And right now the ballot box is positioned such that they don't have to listen. So we're trying other other ways to get them to listen. And hopefully they start listening to, like, it's not just us. It's everyone. And so, you know, you were kind of teasing me about the Evers budget versus the budget that's going to get passed or the whatever. The fact is, is that the budget proposal that Evers put out supports teachers and supports educators and supports kids then and the communities. But it's also got a pile of stuff in there that has nothing to do with education. And it all balances. It's not like he's using some gimmick. Um, you know, like they talk, what do they talk about? Generally accepted accounting principles, that GAP, uh, acronym that you love. Oh God, the acronyms. Right. Um, that, uh, his, his, so he's submitted, I think this is now three budgets. Uh, they've all been balanced. Whereas those are like the first three in the last like 30 years, you know, because everybody else has used kind of accounting tricks to get him to work. And he hasn't been. Well, that's kind of an interesting talk around this time in our nation because we're yeah, talking is, about the right? debt ceiling, right? And part of the conversation with the debt ceiling, even though they're they're related but not really, is yeah. we need to raise the debt ceiling, but we also need to cut spending. 
But it's like we want one thing and also in a completely different light, we want another, which would affect maybe the next debt ceiling, I guess. Yeah, maybe. right, right. Um, but we could, can we do that and then the other? But um, we haven't had a balanced budget nationally since Bill Clinton. Is that right? Is that kind yeah, of Yeah, probably because that, that was – The balanced budget or budget surplus yeah, or something Yeah, probably. Like I mean we still had – they had – they, uh, was it Feingold that worked on that? I forget, but yes, I mean but it's been years. Nationally, Bill Clinton right. is the only like president that I know of that's probably balance a budget. Maybe before that, maybe way before. Yeah. Um, but so so, but in Wisconsin, Evers has balanced the budget. Well, it's it's that he's not using these, you know, he's not using any kind of gimmicks to make the math come out correct. Okay. You know, I think the state by law has to have a balanced budget. I, I don't think we can deficit spend per se. Um, like the federal government does. Yeah. The, but the, he's not using, he's using generally accepted accounting principles. State government won't shut down if they can't pass a budget, but I'll, they'll, I guess I didn't know they had to balance a budget. I believe. I, I think okay. they can't go negative. And I think if they eventually don't resolve this, I think it just reverts to the previous spending levels. Okay. Um, were we Which, talking about that earlier today, or was I reading that somewhere else about the balanced budget? Uh, so I don't was, know. I feel like I was reading that the three times. You know, the hard part about that is it it does reward either a governor or a legislator legislature. It rewards them from playing like keep away, because if you want something and I don't want to give it to you, I can and it's not current like reality. I can just stall. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to give it to you ever, and, and so that's that's kind of what Governor Evers has been running into. It's interesting too that we don't have we're, we're the, as a state we're working on a shared revenue plan so we're doing a little bit more than my state in Minnesota but my state just passed a, be- a budget yeah. but it's all one side it's one all party. one one party uh, doing that so maybe it's a little bit easier in that regard but we haven't seen the proposal from Republicans um, you know like where's your where's your budget yeah. so and I guess they could always go back to well we needed to listen to the public during those joint finance you went to this thing right yeah. you sat there eight hours to give your two minutes right two minutes. <laughs> Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, did you, do you really when when you were done with that? When you went to where? Where'd you go? Eau Claire? Or uh, no, I went to the Dells. You went to the Dells. You waited for eight hours. Yep. And you listened to everyone else yeah. give their testimony at the Joint Finance Committee, who makes the, essentially makes the budget. And then you gave your two minutes. At the end of the day, you're like, they really heard me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know they haven't listened to me before. Um, although some of them have recognized me in the past. Um, you know, I kind of tease with my students when I tell my students to put their phones away or whatever, I say, you know, I, I tell adults that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause the one year when I went to the joint finance committee, I was speaking and I was one of the last folks and half of them were on their phones and iPads and stuff like when that. When you say them, it's who the that? joint finance committee, the literal committee, the, yeah. the 12 people that are there. to Yeah. I mean, they were bored. I get it. They're up there for a long day, but a bunch of them aren't even paying attention. So I said, Hey, go ahead and save your batteries. Go ahead and put your laptops and your phones away. And they all kind of look. Well, at I mean, me. if they don't if they don't want to sit there for eight hours, then do the thing differently, what? you know? Correct. You could do this so much better. You could do this so much but they're not listening anyway. Yeah. And they're making it very hard to do anyway. They hold they hold them on a Tuesday or a Wednesday or whatever. You want people to come? Right. Do it on a Saturday. You want to do it during the week? Do it from, you know, uh, two in the afternoon until seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night. You know, have more than one person speaking at once. You know, split your committee. There's tons of things they could do. But they're not listening yet. So we'll see, right? And I don't know. We're, you kind of get into that thing of, like, I'm, I'm going to try different things, but I'm not going to give up. What was your spiel, your two-minute spiel on um, when you went that, to the Dells? Well, it was, it was that we're so far. Like, we're not even operating under the standard Republican talking points anymore when it comes to Medicaid expansion. 
right? There are 10 states that have a Republican trifecta. So they have both houses of their legislature and they have the governor's mansion. 10 states that have this that have accepted Medicaid expansion money. 10 Republican states. Yeah, 10 10 states that have the Republican trifecta. We don't. So these 10 states, one would argue, are under more Republican control. And they've taken the money. Why aren't we? And it it floors me when, like, somehow we're more conservative than, like, Montana, Idaho, and Utah. Because those states have Republican trifectas, and they've taken the Medicaid expansion money. I, so this isn't even Republican talking point anymore. This is just spite. Yeah, it feels this like just we didn't do a thing for 10 years, and now if we do it, we'll admit that we did the thing Correct. wrong the past nine Correct. or ten. I guess it's more than like 12 years, I think it is. Yeah. That. Um, because every year, every two years, you do the same thing because we haven't ever done it. No. And then you just have to add two to your argument. Um, but it's the same argument. Medicaid expansion is is a thing that like can can you explain it because it's a thing that like sure. sounds I, I'm not even sure what it like I don't even know if it would if I lived in Wisconsin maybe yeah. maybe regardless if it would affect me or who does it affect you know well so the, there are a lot of expenses that the state incurs and that people incur that could be paid for with Medicaid expansion money and Medicaid expansion money is essentially accepting federal dollars. Federal dollars, which, by the way, I think all of your listeners or most of us are probably taxpayers. So we're paying money in and we're not getting it back. Right. Right. So that's just silly. We're giving that money to Montana. Or so correct. To speak, or correct. Like to somebody who's accepted it, which, by the way, I think there are 11 states that have not. Yeah. Okay. So so give you an example. Um, let's say I think we talked about this a while back. Um, you know somebody that lives in an assisted living facility or a nursing home. The assisted living facility costs less because the the residents are more able to do things for themselves. And the Medicaid reimbursement is less. But if they can't afford it and they get kicked out, which is happening up in Hobart, Wisconsin, okay, I don't know how those legislators can, like, sleep at night, okay, they're evicting people because they can't afford it. So then what happens? Those folks end up going to a nursing home where the Medicaid reimbursement is higher and the cost is higher. So in fact, if we simply accepted the Medicaid expansion money, they could increase the expansion, the Medicaid reimbursement for the assisted living facility. Right. It would in fact save everyone money. And it would let those folks live in a much nicer place, right? My mom was in a nursing home before, you know, before she passed away. And with all due respect to the nursing home, it wasn't great. I mean, they do the best they can. And I just they have think Happy Gilmore when I think nursing home. Well, I mean, it's it's a room. It's like a hospital room, and it's two people sharing it. You can't think of Happy versus, Gilmore, clearly, because no, you don't know what I'm talking no, about. No, I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen it. And But then on the other hand, the assisted living facilities, those are like apartments. You know, it's it's just much. We we literally had the county administrator on here. Was it yesterday? Probably saying the same thing. And the the Hillview Senior yeah. Living Facility is at like half half or less capacity. Yeah. Because because it's she so, was talking about there's another yeah. kind of facility. It's not it's yes. not that, but it's a different version of you know assisted living, and it's just better. You so, know, cheaper. Correct. And, you know, another example, I listen to these people. There's actually a, a thing called the Wisconsin Poor People's Campaign, and it's a national movement. So there's probably a Minnesota Poor People's Campaign, a South Dakota Poor People, whatever. And um, these folks are talking about how the Medicaid reimbursement that they get, the Medicaid money that they get is just not sufficient. 
and the the way it cuts off at such low income levels. So, I mean, I'm like like choking back tears as I'm listening to these folks because these are people that they have every right, just like you and I do, to participate in our society, and they can with just a little bit of support. But because we're not getting that Medicaid expansion money, they're not getting it. They're not getting enough support for medical procedures, for prescription medication, for um, other assisted living things that they need out in the community. And if we just accepted that money, we would have that money to give them the support that they need. And it, it I mean, honestly, you, you need to go check this out. Wisconsin Poor People's Campaign, it is, they're all, it's out on YouTube. It's hard not to cry. Because I'm listening to these folks, and I'm like, this guy's 23, this guy's 27, this gal's 31. They all could have been my students, mm. right? All of them were young enough to have been my students. And now they're like, yep, um, you know, I, I can't work. I, I don't make enough money, but I work. I, mean, I don't make enough money to really live on, but I make too much to get this assistance that I need. Right. You know, I mean, it's, it, it's, it is pure stubbornness. And, it's, and what kills me is... They're hurting uh, – those legislators that are refusing this are hurting their own constituents. I get it. They don't like me. They're never going to get my vote. But they're hurting the people that vote for them too. <laughs> All right. got to take a break. But before we do that, let's think for a second. How old would be your first student, like your first year of teaching? What year, what year did you start teaching? Uh, I was probably 25. No, what year? But like, oh, what year? Uh, like 95. Yeah. Okay. So I would have been a sophomore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so oh, I'm 44. Oh, so when you say 2031, you can go way up. To oh, 40, yes, I can. I think you can go as high as like 40, probably 47, 46, 47. Yeah. yeah so. I mean, I have students who are children <laughs> of former students. Right. You're going to have the grandkids there pretty soon. All right. Yep. That's John Havacek, Central High School Spanish teacher and our budget aficionado. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom, John Havlicek, Central High School Spanish teacher, Wisconsin State budget budget and brief aficionado. <laughs> as we as we try to, well, as we wait, it's kind of a waiting game to see where where we're at with the. I think the the budget is going to the state budget, the the Joint Finance Committee and Republicans in the state legislature are like in the midst of creating. The budget that whether or not Governor Evers will sign it. They're also in the midst of doing shared revenue. Yeah. Uh, and whether or not Governor Evers will sign it. There hasn't been any news this week on shared revenue or the budget, really. There's a couple of like little things, but um, I think that they're going to, they're supposed to be done with the budget by July or August. Yeah. I think they try to get it done by the end of June if they can. Um, but I don't know how often that happens. Get it done by the end of June so that we can fight over it for a little bit, right? Like, because we got to. <laughs> right. And I don't. I guess I don't. You have you have you always paid attention to the budget? I mean, obviously not always. But when did you right. start going? Oh, this is, and I need to go to these joint finance meetings um, and probably back in, oh, I'd say the early two thousands. I started paying more attention to that stuff. Okay, why? <laughs> well, because because it matters, you know. And so then people started talking about it, and I'm like, oh, I don't really understand what you're talking about, and I I don't like not knowing. <laughs> So I started reading up on it, and I started talking to people like like you were kind of joking about the the different acronyms and things like that. And then you get the acronym, but you still don't understand what it says. And so then I started asking people like, "Hey, do, what do you understand about this? What do you know about this?" And people who had been doing it for longer, 
We're like, well, it kind of works like this, and it kind of works like that. And so then I got some education on it, which was really helpful. Yeah, the uh, the budget is essentially the most important thing that the state legislature does. It's a two-year budget. It's billions yeah. of dollars. Um, I would say that maybe they've put a little bit more on their backs this time, kind trying to create a shared revenue plan, which essentially is uh, the state's going to help better help fund local governments. Yeah. And we'll see where we're at. We, are with that it's almost like you need to pay attention to that too but then again yeah. it's all, it, and then the, the flip side of that is it feels a little bit out of our hands like okay do the yeah. thing um but that's why you go to a rally in madison right. and hopefully if if the state legislature doesn't pay attention to oh who are these people outside protesting or rallying mm-hmm. outside the capitol or on state street or you know like did any state legislators that you know of show up did i did not see, i did not see any but i also was was kind of far back yeah. So I, I didn't like I said. I, so I can't say one way or another because it wasn't a secret you were going no. to have a rally. No. Um, and then the flip side, but the, what was nice, what I took from your conversation earlier about that was that even if the state legislator legislature ignored the rally, it, but you also got just stragglers who mm-hmm. are in Madison at the time going, "What are you guys doing?" So it was kind of. Yeah. I mean, that had to feel good, right? Oh sure. You know, I'll, I'll give a shout out to uh, Heather Dubois Burnon. She's the director of the Wisconsin Public Education Network, and she does a great job of raising awareness publicly about public education. And there are several groups around the state that have that have come that have kind of sprung up, you know, as offshoots of her work. And I'll give a shout out to Christina Bry, is the uh, communications person at WEAC who helps organize all these things like the rally. And then you had like Peggy Wirtz Olson is the WEAC president, and she gave a great speech, and she. Uh, she works tirelessly, you know, behind the scenes, talking to legislatures. All three of these these folks work do so much work to to talk to legislators, to build bridges, to raise public awareness, and to kind of empower the members, us in the case of like the union folks, um, to use our voices more effectively. And I know we talked about education in the budget a little bit last time, but was there, is there anything that you? you really see in governor Evers proposal that is, this is the thing like we really need this as educators. Sure. Um, I, there's three things. I mean, education funding would be solved if they do three very simple things. Number one, they have to increase the per pupil, uh, per pupil aid. Okay. $350 this year, $650 next year. So that's thousand dollars per kid per year. And the, the irony of that is that, or the, to keep that in perspective, really, is that that would still keep us behind our 2010 funding. So that doesn't even get us back to 2010 funding in inflation-adjusted dollars. So that's number one. Number two, they have to increase the special education uh, funding. The state promised years ago to fund special education costs at 60%. And then the local district has to pick up the rest. When they Currently, promise it, is that in writing or what? Like, yeah. how, do, how do they not come through with that promise then? Because they haven't, right? It, has, it hasn't even been closed. No, it's. Uh, I think it was twenty eight percent or thirty one percent. We'll take them to court or something. Well, but they they write the law and then they apportion the money, right? So you know, you're you are very in a very real sense, you are arguing with the person who created the game, right? You know, so they do those two things. And then the third thing, and this has just exploded, and I know some of your, your listeners will disagree with me on all of these things, and that's okay, um, is they got to wind down the voucher scam, the voucher program, um, because that's just taking money out of the public school system. There's, there's really no cost 
analysis that says that it works. There's no uh, educational research that, it sa- that says that that works anywhere in the country, that those kids don't actually get better results, that the schools don't get better results, da 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 So they got to wind that down. That is That was a failed experiment. It has been failing for 20 years. And so, of course, our legislators, what do they do when they see a failure? They double down on it. And they need to they need to fix those three things. It's almost things. it's almost equal to like the Medicaid expansion, right? When you say double it down is. on it, it's like we're wrong, but we don't want to admit it. That's so right. we're going to keep doing the thing, and we're going to maybe do it some more. Yep. Or in the case of Medicaid expansion, the opposite. We're not going to keep doing the thing, and we're going to keep not yes. doing it because that if we did it, then we would admit. Yes. Even though, like, I feel like there's a perfect excuse built into all this right now, saying. You know what? We uh, inflation. We can just point to inflation and go. Eh, everything costs more. We got to do the thing now. Now is the time because oh COVID yeah, pandemic. Use the COVID pandemic or inflation yes. and say this is the time we were right before, but now because of Joe Biden's policies yes. and COVID and you know whatever excuse yep. you want to throw out there, we don't care. Just do the thing. Correct. I mean, I, I give you fifty reasons, fifty off ramp strategies for Robin Voss or whoever it is. To to uh, you know, a vote for pass Tony Evers budget, and I can give you fifty that don't have anything to do with public education. Right, right. I mean, there are so many things, and this is what it just I don't it 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 baffles me that these folks are willing to hurt their own voters because they don't like Tony Evers, or because they're stubborn, or whatever. There are so many ways that they could save face and gracefully exit the mess that they've put us in. And they still won't do it. Yeah, I was arguing with a friend about. Um, well, he was he's he was mad he's mad at the two political party system. He's okay. like, we need more than just fair that. enough. And I go and I go and he's like, neither party is doing anything for anybody. And I go, well, look at dude, look at my state right now, Minnesota. Yeah. And I go, if you whether or not you like the policies they put in place, they're 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 moving things. And and I just show him the article and I go, who's your state legislator? Who's your assembly rep? Who's your state yeah. senator? And he's like, I don't know. And I go, then, <laughs> then you got to shut the bleep up. Yeah, there's, that's part and of the I problem. I literally told him, and that yeah. it wasn't bleep either. And, he, and he's like, did you just tell me? And I go, yes, because you can't <laughs> tell me that the system doesn't work when you don't even know who's running your yeah. side of the your show, yeah. your part of the show. So anyway, I don't know. Yeah. Why I got off on that tangent. Um, with uh, we got about six minutes here. I, I want to talk about one of these. Just we, we had this conversation it's so great the last time you were in before we did the show, and it was <laughs> yeah. about the Wisconsin um, manufacturer tax credit. Yeah, and I guess the the easiest way for me to compute this, and maybe it's not this at all, but is that does this have anything to do with Foxconn? No. Okay, it doesn't have anything. It started have, in I think 2012. Foxconn would have been part of this if Foxconn would have become something. Uh, no, maybe? I think Foxconn was that would have been separate. Okay, because well. I don't think their own like side deal. Yeah, I don't I think. think this is anyway. Um. But essentially, we we have some big tax breaks to bring. The, it's this is a very easy. Sounds great to me. Sure, we're going to give huge tax breaks to companies to come here and and give people jobs. Yes, manufacturing jobs. Yeah, manufacturing Not tech jobs. jobs. Kimberly or Clark or something like that. Sure. Um, that where I worked in the summer back in the two thousand. Um, so that sounds great. Like that'll yeah. that'll entice more big companies to come yeah. here. But, so what's wrong with that? You're, you're not, well, it doesn't you're not work. for this? No, I mean, it's not working, right? So if I did something for 10 years and it never worked, at some point I would, you know, what do they say? You got to fish or cut bait. So at some point I'd quit doing it. 
it's not working. So Wisconsin so, manufacturer tax credits been in place for over ten years, or I think it was two thousand twelve. Okay, so I mean we're in that right tenth year, right? right? Yeah, so I mean, so what's happening? Wisconsin's share of manufacturing relative to the United States is not going up, you know, relative to the rest of the country. Wages relative to the rest of the country are not going up. In fact, they've totally plateaued. When prior to that, they were going up. Yeah, the wages aren't going; they're going down, aren't they? This- well, re- sure. When you talk about relative to um, other parts of the country, yes. Okay. Yes. So we're losing so, money. So we're giving tax breaks to to super rich people, rich correct. companies, to come here and and build and create yes. jobs, and they're not. Well, I mean, they already had a business in place that was working, and now all we've really done is said, you're running your business, you're paying your employees, I would like to just give you money back and go put it in your pocket. Because, I mean, you know, you look at the stats on this, right? And it's all in this budget and briefs. So this is a trickle-down argument, right? Like, we're going to give these tax breaks. No, I don't even think they made that argument. I think it was just, we like those people, and they vote for us, and they donate millions to my campaign, so I'm going to give them this. Okay, but, well, I mean, the, but the, the talking point is they're going to come here, give jobs. Oh, the, the, then, right, but, it, but because most of us aren't large business right. owners, we just go, yeah, that does sound good on the, on the surface. And I have this written down. When the, when the credit was first created in 2011 through 13, yeah. so that budget, right, the fully phased in fiscal effect was projected to be only $128.7 million by 2016 and 2017. So is that... We were going to give 126 million yes. in tax breaks yes. to those large corporations or yes. whoever's creating manufacturing. Whoever qualifies, I suppose. Uh, the actual amount grew to double that, essentially 257 million by that year. So it went from 128 estimate to 257 million, yep. and now it's costing the state approximately 410 million dollars yeah. a year, according to the most recent estimates from the Department of Revenue. So. A thing that was supposed to be $130 million tax breaks to it's triple to, that is now $410 million a year to companies that probably don't need tax they breaks. They don't need it. I mean, so we're spending triple the money and we're not accomplishing the intent. Yeah, that's the, that's the so key here. So, uh, how is this? Why do we keep doing it? Yeah, wages aren't increasing and the number of jobs is, yep. is plateaued. And I'm so. just going to go out on a limb here. You know, that, that, you know, because you're looking at the same stuff I'm looking at, right? 170 people claimed almost a million dollars a piece. I'm going to bet somewhere north of 168 of them didn't vote for Tony Evers. You're saying they claimed, so they have these, they, they benefited from these tax breaks. Yes. To the tune of a million dollars. I mean, 150 million divided by 170 people, right? That's, I don't know, 900,000 a piece. Where's a. Oh, hundred. Oh, yeah. Okay, hundred fifty million dollars. Because I was thinking four hundred ten million. Yeah, that's just them? that's just these like these people that are all making more. That are getting yeah. the, the 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 rest of that money is going. It's going people. to other places, right? And so then when they talk about it, so people get so burned out, right? They get they get all upset about like the earned income tax credit, which is a way to put money back in the hands of people who are working but aren't making very good money. Okay, mm-hmm. they talk about the homestead credit, trying to keep people in their homes so that they can you know, participate a little bit better in our community. And that's good for that community. Right. And they talk about veterans credits, trying to get these folks, uh, reacclimated back into our communities and so on and so forth. Right. Those three things help thousands and thousands of people. They cost the state less money combined right. than the manufacturing tax credit. Than the tax breaks that go to people that to, don't, to millionaires. Actually, don't actually need tax credits. Uh, so this is a reverse Robin hood. Yet again. 
All right. So what? So the Wisconsin manufacturer tax credit is in? Is it just in Evers' budget to get rid of it? Yeah, he he's saying that it needs to be phased out. Phase it out. Okay. Yeah. Phase because it it's out in or, there. Or I mean, he he says we should phase that out. We should phase out. We should keep the agricultural one because that. Is, so those were kind of came in around the same time. That that one isn't accomplishing its intent. So keep it. Okay. But the the it's like the voucher thing. It's not accomplishing its intent. Most of those kids never set foot in a public school. They don't get better results than the neighborhood public school. They don't, da, 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 right? It's not accomplishing its intent. Mm-hmm. So then why do we keep doing it? Because we don't want to admit we're wrong. <laughs> there, I mean, there, we have a decade's yes. worth of, of, you know, we could on try On the vouchers, we have several decades. Right. But on this thing, we have a decade's worth of da- yes. data now, right? Like we could go, let's try the thing and then go, okay, Fair a enough. decade later, it's, yes. well, it's not working. We just get rid of it. Nobody's... I don't know. Are we going to blame somebody for that? Like, oh, it didn't work. They got rid of it. Vote them out of office. I don't know. I feel like the better well, way to the do threat. that. I'm going to pull up my company and leave, and I'm going to do all these things. Well, guess what? You know what? Somebody else will come in. Yeah. We'll have another company come in because then we can incentivize somebody else to come in. Well, in- incentivize them in a way that's beneficial to the people that, that live here. has a return. <laughs> Correct. Or the, the, the people that work there. All right. We got to wrap up when we come back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. In studio with me is Central High School Spanish teacher and Wisconsin budget talks aficionado John Havlicek. <laughs> That's funny every time because I gotta like think about like okay what what are we what are we calling this? But um, you're just talking about the state budget and, and multiple multiple facets of of what the proposal is from Governor Tony Evers. The budget in brief per se. So if anyone wants to you know not deep dive into the budget the <laughs> yes. the budget in brief is only 160 pages and that is the not deep dive how many is the, the actual budgets like 100? 700 800 800 pages something so, like that yeah um so that would be the deep dive if anyone wants to to do that um we've got like a minute and a half left i don't know where we want to take the last part of the conversation but it's it's one of them things like uh, again feels a little out of my hands yeah. As a as you know, and I don't even live here, so it's like way right. out of my hands. But it, th- does it feel like that for you? I mean, you've done this multiple times now. Do you feel yeah. like you're ever having an impact? You haven't had a you haven't had a microphone in front of you before, though. I don't right. Think it is. Well, this is true, right? I mean, you know, advocacy takes a while, right? Unless you have really deep pockets or really powerful friends, and so trying to to move something takes a while, and you have to be patient. Right. And maybe a little crazy <laughs> to keep trying. Um, but we are. And and it's, I guess, a testament to how important folks think it is. And we're, in, we're very fortunate to have some very, very skilled people doing that advocacy work, like Jesse Martinez that you have on. And, and I already kind of shouted out Heather and Peggy and Christina. Yeah. And the, the rally on Saturday, Jesse Martinez, the Lacrosse Education Association yeah. president, he otherwise did a great the job. teachers union president. He was there. He spoke. I think he was the last speaker. Poor Jesse. No, that's like that's like the the like first and last are great spots. Is it is it you want to be last? Is, is it like the uh, the concert you bring in or the comedian you bring in the 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 crap the closer the first couple of times, but then you wait no, for the, I mean not really, but yeah, the it's the grand it's finale, good. so to speak. Yeah, he nailed show. it too. He knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I thought he did a pretty good job. All right, John, thanks a lot for joining Thank me. You. Thanks everybody for listening.